As many of you know, I am not the biggest fan of drinking. Although I do love altered states of consciousness, I prefer to catch a buzz legally and alcohol-free. That's why I've been using the Delta 9 THC gummies by Soothe Organic, which offer a 5 to 1 or 10 to 1 CBD THC ratio, depending on how you like to unwind. Each gummy contains 25 milligrams of hemp-derived CBD with 2.5 or 5 milligram THC dose options. Additionally, these euphoric gummies have a medley of beneficial hemp compounds from CBD to CBG, CBC, and CBN, giving an extra kick to my wellness routine. You can expect these gummies to promote a restful night's sleep, plus muscle and joint health, increase relaxation and anxiety relief. I especially like to incorporate Delta 9 into my journaling and meditation routine as part of my self-care. With pineapple, blueberry lemonade, and orange flavors, these edible gummies are good for a good time. Go to SootheOrganic.com to try out Soothe Organic CBD for yourself. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. This is a show where we dive into relatable topics for relationships, attachment styles, metaphysical teachings, trauma, and more. Thank you for joining in on these authentic conversations with medical professionals, experts, and so many influential guests who come to share their experience and add value to the lives of myself and my beloved listeners. Thank you so much again for joining me in Waking Up Together. I don't know where to begin. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack today. Okay. Let's unpack it. Um... So I guess the biggest thing that happened that I'm really, really, really happy about is I met my birth mom, as yes, I was telling you. Right. Yeah, it was. And you had spoken to her before, mm-hmm. but never physically met her. Never met her. Um, we most recently connected about a year ago. I had bought Nick an ancestry test. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this. I bought yeah. him one of those DNA tests for Christmas. And he was paranoid the government was going to track his DNA. <laughs> I'm like, no one gives a shit about your DNA, dude, but whatever. <laughs> so he wasn't going to use it. So I said, well, I'll use it then because I spent $100 and I'm adopted. So I'd like to know about sure. my ethnicity. So I took the test and that's how we connected most recently, about a year ago. Um, I have a ton of questions but probably not completely <laughs> relevant to, oh, like, the depth of what okay. you're... Um, but I'm just going to ask this because I'm super curious. Okay. Like, how does that work? Like, like how... Doesn't that... That doesn't just, like, pull, like, where you're from. That actually gets to, like, this person. Yeah, wow. so the one that I did... I know there's 23andMe. I think that just does your genetics, like, your ethnicity, your risk for heart disease or something yeah, like that. Yeah. The Ancestry, though, which is the one that I bought, it does, like, a family tree and can connect you to your ancestors, but only if they've taken the test themselves. So it just so happened that your birth mom took the test Mm -hmm. from this same company? I guess so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so then they were able to pull... Mm Mm-hmm. It said, like, 50% match, maternal, and then it showed... My that mom. must have been a mm-hmm. moment, huh? It was cool. It was definitely um, interesting because 
we started talking and well this was very hard sad news for me to learn but my whole life you know I lived with Dina my sister I thought she was my my full sister so we were under the impression we had the same father my for 27 years and I took the test Jennifer realized that Dina and me don't have the same dad Jennifer's your birth Jennifer is my birth mom and um what was upsetting to me about that wasn't the fact that Dina and I are half sisters but she doesn't know who my dad is so that was I don't know I don't know why I took that so difficult but I was just like wow the man that conceived like conceived me I don't I'll never know who that is like it was just kind of Mm. like an identity crisis like disappointing thing to know my dad is out there and doesn't even know I'm alive because she doesn't know no which I'm I'm not mad at her at all for that no 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 but but, it was just kind of like wow now yeah so tell me what that like I know you said identity crisis I can't even imagine, like, I'm, yeah. I can't even imagine, but, like, tell, like, what did that feel like? It just, it felt like a punch to the heart, like, I don't know, you see those, like, things on Maury or something, who's the father, like, <laughs> things like that, um, I don't know, I felt like I'm not entitled to be upset because, you know, I had an adopted dad and everything like that, but it was just so many different emotions I'm like I thought this Donnie guy was my dad my whole life it turns out like he's not so it was it was just a weird like where do I belong kind of feeling mm-hmm. I don't know where I came from where yeah and yeah that that it can be tough to feel like uh, where do I belong if we don't know where we've come from mm-hmm. or or if there is a missing piece of that puzzle. Yeah. yeah, missing piece, yeah. I uh, guess I'll never know. So, but I was just so grateful to meet Jennifer. It was honestly the best day of my life. Um, and at the end, I'll show you pictures and stuff, but it was so cool, like... She's so much like me, except, like, half my size. Like, she's this tiny little, like, Latino woman. Like, her mom, we met uh, my grandma. Her mom, she's from Peru. And then we met um, the grandpa. Jen's dad wasn't in the picture because he was apparently, like, very abusive and used to beat up my grandma and all these things. I guess it runs in the family. Mm. Um, But I met my half-brother, Mitchell, who's her son. Okay. Her son with her now husband. Um, So it was just, yeah, it was a day I'll remember for the rest of my life. It was, it felt like a missing piece of me had been found. So, yeah. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, that's, I guess, something, you know, maybe just to sit with. And it's not an either or, but um, maybe just as you're... There is a piece of un like that you don't know, but but what do you think is stronger? Like the knowing, the connect, like having that, like this is my mom, this is my my biological mom, and and like having that experience. Do you think that 
weighs deeper and, and uh, is more impactful than the unknowing? Or do you feel like... Oh, the, yeah. Yeah? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I feel like it's something that I can appreciate more than most people who are just like, yeah, that's my mom and my dad. Like... I used to grow up and I was so jealous of people like that because I was like, wow, that girl looks like her mom. Like, I wonder what my mom looks like. I wouldn't like, you know, um, and yeah, it was just like incredible moment that I'll never experience again. Like that, just seeing her for the first time, it was just like, it was so weird and my little brother and, and my grandma. So it was just like, I have no words. It was wow. honestly the happiest day of my life so yeah i i feel bad though because my birth mom she has so much guilt like personal guilt and i'm like it's okay like i am i forgive you i want you to forgive yourself like it's it's you know i can't say i never wonder what my life would have been like if she had raised me and then she was saying um you know, my grandma wanted to keep me and, and raise me. So I was like, oh, I would have had a, I would have, you know, spoke Spanish and had a <laughs> life in Queens, like a different life. But that's where she lives. She lives in Queens, my grandma. My birth mom lives in Pennsylvania. So okay. um, she came to the city. I took a train and we went to my grandma's house. So um, I, I don't hold anything against her. Like she had a really really hard upbringing she struggled with things like that i did so i understand you were like 20 years old like you're a kid that's when she had you at 20 it's like something like that 21 22 okay. i imagine in her early 20s and you know she was in an abusive relationship she was into drugs and she said that when she was pregnant with me because she had had um given two children up for adoption prior to me my sister and my older half-brother, and then she had had abortions before. And she said that when she got pregnant with me, that was when she got sober. And she said, you saved my life. And I was just like, oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> so I recognize now, like, at, I had an abortion at 24. Like, she did, you know, growing up, I felt I was unwanted and I was abandoned and why was I not good enough to be chosen by my parents? But she did the most selfless thing that a human could do. Like, she chose me. She chose to give me life and yeah. her have no gain out of it. Yeah. So tell me what is coming up for you as you just share about that. Well, when she said, like, you saved my life, it, you know, so much of my life, I felt like I'm meaningless. Like, I have no purpose here. Like, my life is pointless. So when she said that, I just felt like... I just felt like someone really wanted me, which was all I've ever wanted in my life was to mm. feel chosen and loved. So, yeah. And that made you feel chosen and loved? Yeah, more than anything in my life. Let's just sit with that for a second, right? Okay. Because... <laughs> uh, the very same source like the adoption right that we can kind of maybe uh say is had left you feeling unchosen and unloved is now also from that same source is this yeah. sense of feeling chosen and loved yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah 
Mm. What does it feel like to be chosen and loved? Um, I, I don't, it's weird because you know my whole life I felt the opposite at least in one way or another particularly with men but <laughs> um, like knowing she loves me so much we've met for five hours like and she loves me so much and it's weird I love the woman so much like I take a bullet for her and I met her for five six hours like it's just, I don't know how to say what it feels like, but it just feels like, I don't know, what I imagine going to heaven feels like. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and, and I think that that's not that far off when we talk about God and we talk like just the nature of God, of unconditional love, of unconditional chosenness, you know, that is... That is God's relationship to us. You know, the work for us spiritually is to have that yeah. same relationship to ours, uh, to us, and to others, and and to God. But yeah. I think you're not far off when you when you describe it that way, because uh, you know, if we are to say that heaven is to be in union with God, then that is to be in a state of unconditional chosenness, unconditional love. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I guess I'm pretty lucky then. You are. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a huge blessing. So, best, best year ever. <laughs> <laughs> right you know? here at the end. Yeah. It's coming. It's finishing yeah. strong. <laughs> it's, oh, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that is honestly probably the thing that I'm most grateful for in my entire life so mm. yeah it was definitely a high moment and again it just comes back to what a I mean that's what transformation and healing is is that the source of our wound becomes the source of our growth mm. and so here is this thing that for 20 plus years you've been kind of carrying around as a source yeah. of pain and now it is that out of that you, you know the uh, expression no mud no lotus have you heard like so lotus flowers these uh, beautiful flowers they only grow yeah. uh, in, in like swamps in right? swamps right yeah. like so if you take the lotus flower and you put it in the most mm. clearest water picture perfect water um, perfect soil, it It'll won't die. grow. It'll die. <laughs> it needs mud. It needs yeah. that, like those conditions. And uh, so, with without mud, there's no lotus. And so that the teaching of that is that in our own life, out of our mud, out of our pain, out of all of the things that that the the dirt and the garbage and the things that we think are um, blocking us actually become if we allow it and if we, we um the conditions for the the flower to bloom so this is yeah. your lotus flower it is my lotus flower <laughs> it was just um like for as long as i remember i just wanted to feel special so i just do these things to feel validated and the way that she made me feel so important like 
she crossed states to, I know it's like a state away, but she crossed states to see me, mm-hmm. like me. Like, I just felt so special. Yeah. So that was like, nothing could ever replace that the way that I felt. Yeah. So it was, it was really, really great. Um, can I ask you to, uh, just cause I want you to see clearly, um, you said I do these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, can you name those things that you do? Uh, well. And this is not a shame or guilt yeah. or judgment. This is so that you can kind of make this connection of like, I do, it, it's not just these things. I do what? I think I hyper focus a lot on my appearance. Like, I think if I lose 20 pounds, I'll be lovable. If I get hair extensions, then I'll be pretty. And if I'm pretty, then that means a guy will like me. And if a guy li- like, you know, uh-huh. um, I just, I do things I don't want to do, really, at the end of the day, to seemingly get some external gratification. And then I just feel more empty and worse. Like, I had sex with this guy the other day. It was terrible on so many levels but it's it's weird though because I've never had have I I don't know I've never had a like a one night stand before and it's it kind of bothers me that like I did it and I didn't feel any emotion whatsoever towards the guy and I'm just like that's not like me like I'm a very like intense person (laughs) And the fact that I could just sleep with some random guy that I didn't even like and, like, not even think about him again after that, it kind of bothers me. Okay. Because like, I feel so dissociated from it. Okay. And I feel like that's such a, like, an intimate, and it potentially could be a beautiful thing, and to just, it just like that. Make it so uh, superficial. Yeah. I'm like... And tra- it sounds at, at, at an emotional and transactional. Transactional. Uh, yeah, I don't... It's weird. Two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I... It was just... It's caused a lot of issues this last... That was actually the night before I met my birth mom. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's... Yeah, it was it was not good. My friend tried to hook me up with her fiance's friend, which she she tried to do her good deed. I appreciate it, you know. Um, and he wasn't my type, Michael, but I was like, they said he's a really nice guy, so let me give it a chance. And he was attractive, just not my type. I don't know how that makes sense, but we like went to a bar. And I fucking hate bars, but I was like, let me just try to have fun. My girlfriend's up from Florida, and then. I had to get home because I was taking a train to meet my birth mom early in the morning and I really need my sleep. Like if I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm not a nice person. (laughs) So I went to leave and the guy was like, let me walk you to your car. And I said, sure, that's very nice of you. He walks me to my car. We happen to be passing his apartment on the way to my car. So he's like, do you want to come in and like have a drink and we'll hang out? Michael, I did not think I was going to have sex that night. I swear to God, I didn't. I would have showered before I went out if I did. (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared. But then one thing led to another, and I was just like, you know, I haven't had sex in a long time. Like, I am having, what is that called? Skin hunger? Like, where you just miss, like, being embraced by someone? I don't know. 
So I'm like, fuck it. I might as well, even though like, it's not that I didn't want to, but I, I didn't necessarily, I don't know the guy. I knew him for two hours. Like, yeah. so then we had like the worst sex of my life. And then, then, you know, the next day I met my birth mom and two days later, I'm like, fuck, I need to take plan B now. And I've just been so sick the last week and now I have to go get tested for AIDS. So it's great. It was definitely worth it. I'm being sarcastic. So things like that. Things like that. Things like that. That's what I, yeah. And that is, I, I, I mean, I think. It's important for you to to see that clearly, okay. um, and again, not in any level of judgment or shame, but yeah. because because when we recognize our patterns and we recognize where they come from, yeah. we can change them. You know, you. Um, you can start to look more deeply at that craving for physical touch. Mm. It is not just, uh, it, it is coming from that place of like, I just want, like, sure there's a, a physical component of it, but I want to be validated. I want to be chosen in this moment. Yeah. I can be chosen by this person. Yeah. And that's the part where I want you to kind of have that realization so that you can hopefully meet that with a, I'm already chosen. Like the, that thinking is you grasping for chosenness. I'm going to be chosen by this guy because he's going to be attracted to me and I could get him to say yes to doing this. I'm going to be chosen by whatever. Yeah. And that is coming from a place of forgetting that you're already chosen. And it might be easier, um, I, you know, that having this experience with your mom might be a a more, a, uh, a more real access point for you to recognize that as opposed to just kind of like from a spiritual perspective that can be a little abstract and like, that's great. God, you know, chose me, but like. I don't feel it. I don't see it. I can't touch it. (laughs) Yeah. Like this, I hope is something that really, uh, takes root inside of you so that you can start to, uh, let go of grasping for something that you already have. And that's why we're never satisfied because we're trying, it's not that we're trying to fill a hole that we that, that we can't fill like it's too big. We're trying to fill a hole that doesn't exist. Mm. So we're, our, we're operating from a place of uh, like delusion in a sense. Like, I need this. I, I, and then we're like, well, I'm not satisfied. Because you're, mm. you're already, uh, it's already full. Mm. So you're, you're searching for something that you don't need. So then you're never going to find it. Mm. Yeah, I've recognized that so much, (laughs) especially in the last few weeks. I've been listening to some books by Gabrielle Bernstein. I really like her teachings. And I've been reflecting on my life and I'm like, I feel so unfulfilled and I feel like so unsuccessful and not where I should be. But then I look back and I'm like, I have everything I wanted five years ago. Mm. 
Mm. Like, I got my master's degree. There was a point where I felt like I was never even going to get my bachelor's degree. I got the job I wanted so desperately as a director. I'm making the salary I wanted to be making a year ago. And yet there's, it's like, what's next? Mm. So we don't even appreciate that we have everything in the moment that we need. Because we're just, oh, well, I'm making $5 an hour. Now I have to be making $10 an hour. And it's like, uh-huh. it's yeah. like now I have the relationship, but oh, now I need the ring. Like, it's yeah, It will it's never, never be ending. enough. As mm-hmm. long as your happiness or your peace is external, yeah. you'll always be grasping for it. And you'll always be grasping for it if you think that you're lacking it. Exactly. So, yeah. if... Um, like you, you won't be happy unless you unless you realize that you already have and and forgetting even the job and, and stuff that you already have what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always going to be feeling like something's missing, and that that keeps you in in a state of uh, of a diso- disassociation with reality because you're you're operating under the belief that something is missing that isn't missing. Mm-hmm. So you're disconnected to your truth. Yeah. And so then that we look at that in terms of like your chosenness, your belovedness. Like you're walking around searching for how can I be chosen? How can I feel worthy? Yeah. Uh, and you're never going to feel that because until you realize that you already are. Yeah. And then what your real journey is, is not somebody that makes you feel chosen, is you are looking for the person that recognizes your chosenness. Hmm. Can you elaborate? <laughs> like, so in your, in, in, like, so with, like, let's talk about, like, with a guy. Mm. Okay. You operate from this person's going to make me feel chosen. It's, it, maybe it's, sometimes it's conscious, maybe sometimes it's not, but that's, this person's going to make me feel chosen. What can shift is, does this person recognize my intrinsic worth, my chosenness already, as opposed to looking for him to kind of do something for you? It's now a matter of, does this person see who I truly am? Do they recognize my chosenness? Mm. And do I recognize it in them? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It tends to go for people that it's, it's, it's a no. It's a no, yeah. I was recently ghosted and it, it bothered me because I hadn't been ghosted in so long by a guy. <laughs> you know, because I was with Nick for two years, so... It was weird being ghosted again. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this still happens at my age? Not that... It was a weird thing, Michael. I don't I don't know what's going on with this me lately. This was the Italy guy? No. This, this was another thing. man not from America. <laughs> I'm seeming to develop this pattern. <laughs> I don't understand. So my girlfriend and I went out to dinner. This might have been about three weeks, a month ago now at this point. Had a jam-packed month. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I don't even think we're going to get to it, like half of what's going on. But we went to a restaurant. I thought the waiter was cute. 
So my friend, she's she has like a big mouth, like she likes to talk. So she calls the waiter over, ends up he's from Honduras, and I I love men that are not American. Apparently, <laughs> it's okay. like I don't know. So I was like, oh, he's he, he had like a an accent, and I was like, oh my goodness, like my my birth family is from Peru. Is that by Honduras? And we got talking, and then. I was like, let me, I want to learn Spanish. You could teach me Spanish. I could teach you English kind of thing. So I get his number. And then I come to find out he is 19 years old. Okay. <laughs> He's 19 years old. Like, that's practically illegal. I've, I think I felt like, kind of like I'm a predator at this point. Like, I was judging myself. Like, Lauren, what the fuck, girl? Like, I get times have been tough. But, like, so I'm like, oh, he's 19, so he's probably, like, down to hook up. Because I'm really the hookup type. I don't fucking know. So I'm like, he's probably down to hook up. Like, let me keep talking to him, even though he's 19. Like, I still can't get over that. So... We're talking, we make plans to hang out. Long story short, he cancels on me twice and then ended up ghosting me. And like my rational mind was like, this is very good, Lauren, because one, what if he was lying about being 19 and you ended up having sex with a minor? Like, okay. <laughs> like, like and second of all, he didn't have a car. Third of all, I don't think he had a green card. So it's really the universe really loving me major, majorly by Thank making God this the universe guy. Loves us Thank God. Us <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah, but like not rationally, emotionally, I was just like, what the fuck? Like a 19 year old doesn't like me. Like, so I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, going for people that clearly are not going to be able to to recognize your chosenness yeah um yeah because yeah. that that does require a certain level of maturity i'm not even just from an age i mean you could meet you could meet somebody that's 29 39 yeah. that is not able to so um it but it does take a, an emotional and spiritual maturity to be able to see somebody that way yeah um but that's really not the biggest problem the problem first starts with you seeing yourself that way i know yeah um that that's actually that's the work that needs to get done is that that you have to practice seeing yourself and and the reason why i wanted you to kind of talk about some of the areas where it's hard is because you have to then it doesn't just, like, awareness doesn't just shift behavior. No, I wish it did, Michael. It would be so great. Because then I'd be Buddha all, at this point. All, like. all we had to do was have an awareness. Awareness simply connects us to the seed that exists in us. Yeah. Then practice and uh, consistent practice brings forth that seed so that changes behavior. So the hard work is having this awareness and then being able to notice when you're chasing and coming from that place of that wound and then and then intentionally shifting behavior yeah which these spiritual lessons take on a very practical 
level when it gets to, that means not texting this person, that means saying no, that means, you know, if somebody's showing you attention but you are not, you know, in that place of, of saying, you know, I, I'm flattered but no, I'm not going to give you my number. You know, it means, yeah. like, it, it's, it's that, uh, it's that real and practical. Like it, and it, if it doesn't happen, happen at that level, it's not actually gonna, um, yeah, be transformative. Yeah, I um, I kind of think of it now, like, what is the opposite that I would do <laughs> yeah, and try to do? Seinfeld? That. No, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. There's like a whole couple of episodes where. Um, George, like, George is one of the characters, and he's, uh, he, like, comes in, and he's just, like, despondent, and he's, like, everything is, you know, I'm, you know, unemployed, I have no, you know, no prospects, no whatever, and he's, like, I, every decision I've made has been the wrong decision, and he's, like, comes in, so then Jerry, the, uh, Seinfeld says to him, well, if every decision you made is wrong, the opposite must be right. And so then he, st yeah. he starts going through his day of, like, everything, whatever he was, like, would do, he just does the opposite, the opposite. and then all of a sudden everything starts, like, falling into place. Jesus. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's ringing a bell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, but, I, I mean, I don't think it's that extreme for you. Yeah. In, yeah. I, I don't think... Um, I don't think it's, it's everything. I think that you just, I think it's, I think a lot of it is, comes from this specific wound yes. of chosenness. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is, um, you know, it's kind of like for, I, I know with my addiction, right? Um. And in a similar way, I guess, you know, for me in my journey, sorry if, if, if I share of a little, course, yeah. like it, the, the phrase that I came was, uh, accepted, being accepted, like acceptance. Okay. Um, I don't think it was as deep as yours. I think mine, what, for me, it was more of a, like a, just accepted, uh, in, in a sense of like belonging, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but the, so my addiction kind of stemmed first from that place. Like it became a way to either mm -hmm. cover that up or to seek it out or to feel it, right? Like yeah. it, it kind of, that was with the seed that my addiction kind of came from. Okay. And in my healing journey, it was important to realize like, that actually, it wasn't wrong for me to feel or, or desire to feel that way and, and to connect to that. It was just the means in which I was searching for it was actually, you know, like the most ironic part with addiction is you, you start out searching for belonging and you end up alone in your Isolated, room doing drugs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. this is the exact yeah, opposite. All the wrong places. But, um, but it's important not to demonize where it was coming from because like there's truth there. Sure. Like, so I think the same for you is 
there's nothing wrong with that you have been searching and desiring to feel that sense of chosenness. And there's no judgment on the fact that you have found yourself searching in not the right places or the right ways. Um, but that also becomes the mud, yeah. same way, that helps you to then shift those behaviors. So I think a lot of, a lot of your struggles, it hasn't been wrong decisions so much as searching for the right thing uh, in the wrong ways. Yeah, misguided, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but which we all be. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm leaning more into the right choices sometimes. Like, breaking up with Nick, mm -hmm. absolute right choice. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that. Um, I didn't give the guy that I had sex with my number, even though he asked me. And, and I... So, oh, the friend. The friend, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, I, okay. for a split second, I was like, oh, but Lauren, you don't want him to feel bad. I'm like, I don't give a shit if he feels bad. A lot of times men need their ego bruised. <laughs> I don't want to give him my number, so I'm not going to give him my number. And I felt really happy that I did that. And then um, recently I trusted my intuition on something and I learned that I am so happy that I listened to my intuition because it's absolutely the right decision. So I think that little things like that are steps in the right direction. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And things like that and then holding this experience with your biological... How do you want me to refer to her? Your biological mom, your birth mom, your mom? Like, what would you like me to... Jennifer. Jennifer? Jennifer? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, having that experience with Jennifer is then something for you to make sure you you remember not just remember like remember that feeling remember that yeah that truth that was shown to you in that moment yeah and keep coming and keep coming back to it yeah they were all there celebrating me michael like it was so cool yeah. to feel like oh my gosh so yeah i definitely definitely can use that to cherish that feeling for sure because it's it's been few and far between that i felt that way so it was definitely a very mm. a very vis visceral feeling yeah don't don't let go of that yeah and think about how you can keep remember remembering it and, and connecting to it and allowing it to help shape your behaviors yeah okay I, I will share this now i guess because this is like the next big thing and i think we're running out of time i'm going time. to europe for three months <gasps> <laughs> so i feel like that's kind of like <coughs> biggish news that i should share sure so um i think you had mentioned that you wanted did to I? okay um i probably did yeah you, yeah, I think the this last time we spoke, you had mentioned that you, huh. uh, and were you, was this your first stop Rome and then the thing with the guy? My first stop is Rome, so maybe I should okay. share this. All right. Um, when are you leaving? In three weeks. Okay. And what, have you resigned from your position or are you working remote? No. Kevin, my boss, he's an angel. He's giving me an LOA. 
Oh, what is that? A leave uh, of oh, sorry, absence? sorry, a leave of absence, yeah. So I am returning to my job. So he's he's holding your position for three months? Well, it's ten weeks, so it's two and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, but but without pay. Yeah. Okay. I, that would be nice, that but be... we can't always get everything. <laughs> so. Um. And what is the plan? So I'm doing like a whole European tour. So I'm not just I'm just going to Italy for three days to say hello to Mr. Albanian over there. <laughs> um, but then I'm going to Greece. And from Greece, I'm going to, I don't, this is probably all in the wrong order, but I'm going to like Portugal, then I'm going to Spain, mm. France, Switzerland, and then Northern Italy. By yourself? Kind of. I want to say 75% yes, by myself. Um, but my mom is most likely coming with me to Northern Italy. And... Um, my friend is going to try to come with me to France, and then in Greece, I'll be with a friend. So okay. just for, um, yeah, I guess most of the time I will be alone. Yeah, okay. And then you'll have stops along the way where you'll meet up with people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, you for being supportive, because everyone I've told has been like, what? Why? I'm, I'm excited. What's not support about it? Don't you have responsibilities at home? What about health insurance? What about finances? Like, it's not like it was $20,000 for this trip. I'm going for 10 weeks, not 10 years. Like, it wasn't that much money. The Airbnbs in Europe are like $20 a night. They're so cheap. Is that what you're saying? At Airbnbs, yeah. And you have it already? You have it all? The whole thing's planned. It's very stressful. Planning. You planned it or did you work with like a... I planned it all by myself, oh my, my gosh. I planned it all by myself. And part of the reason crazy. why I've been doing this is because I have... This is... I'm not trying to put myself down, but I have limited life skills. I don't want to say no life <laughs> skills. I have... I'm trying to build and cultivate my independence and like prove to myself that I can do things by myself and I do have the capability to live on my own for 10 weeks and like everyone's like well you've never traveled by yourself for 10 weeks well yeah there's a first time for everything I'm 30 years old like it's time to spread my little wings and and leave the nest and fly like I'll never know I can do it if I don't do it you know yeah and so I fully support it. Thank Go you. <laughs> live and find your joy and yeah. have experiences and yeah, of, yeah. of course. So Why excited. wouldn't you if you could? Exactly. Now's the time though. Like I'm 28. I have two years left of my, one year essentially left of my 20s. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. I'm not engaged. I don't have a, like, now is the time. Carpe diem. I have online school. Like, my boss is giving nice enough to give me off. Like, I need to, I just feel like I need to do this for myself. Good for you. Thank you. Good. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, that sounds, so you, so you leave in three weeks. Yes. Right? So what is that, like the beginning of the new year or is it before the new I'll year? I'll be in Rome on New Year's. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. <laughs> that is yeah. so cool. Um, um, yeah, wow, yeah and I'll be returning mid-March, so. 
the perfect time. Get out of here when it's cold and gross. And I like, hate it here in the like, winter. I'll see you when the flowers are starting to bloom. Yes, that's what. That's why I wanted to. Everyone's <laughs> like, why are you going in the winter? It's going to be cold. I'm like, it's better to be cold in Paris than it is to be cold in New York. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. Um, and I'm glad that you're you know, you kind of are carrying this with you, hopefully over there. Um, and I don't want to say this to put any pressure on you, um, but I think it becomes like, see it as an opportunity to, to live, not just live life, but live life uh, in accordance with mm. who you who you are at your depth um and and again not to say that you'll be perfect and you might not make mistakes over there or things that you regret that's okay too you're allowed to to do that but i but i also think it's an invitation for you to kind of um reconnect with living from that truth and so i i hope that you don't just go there and and um and not intentionally kind of yeah. live, live in, in accordance with a deeper version of yourself. Yeah. 100%. That makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to do some soul searching while I'm there because I feel like when I have gone to Europe, it's so weird. Like I feel like, like a soul connection, like I belong there. When I went to Greece and Italy last time, I was like, I had this feeling like my work's not done here. And that's why I've, I like don't had no explanation like I need to go back there like I know that something deeper is there for me and when I went to Romania and Germany like it was just I've never felt so liberated in my life Mm. and so I I really when I'm there I don't want to go to like a bar and a club and party like I want to sit on a mountain and think about my life (laughs) and reflect on like my spirit and my purpose and discover new things about myself and, and just get creative and make art and things like that. So I think it's going to be very transformational. So I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. Hopefully it's transformational and, and hopefully you allow yourself to be transformed. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the, the, power of journeys right like just that we can um we can kind of allow ourselves to to move through like a lot of rituals and things right like there's this you start at one place and then you go through and then you emerge Mm -hmm. on having kind of been transformed Mm -hmm. and uh and so just um but that that requires the person to be open to sure. the experience, yeah, and to be cultivating um, those seeds that that are necessary. So, um, just make sure that you're coming from that place, sure. you know, okay. um, of chosenness is a good, you know, it's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Um, even with even at the very beginning with this person from. You know, whatever. Um, Like, you don't... This is... You know, you don't need anybody there to validate your worth or your experience. Um, It's your journey. And you're already chosen. 
you know, the, the person that you will be in March already lives inside of you. This is just bringing your consciousness yeah. and your awareness to her. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty cool when you say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's exciting. Thank you. Thank you so I'm much. I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you for the trip, but, but for having that experience with your birth mom. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. Okay. So, um, how's your mom feeling about the trip? Oh my god! I can't, she's I can't dying. That's why she's she's coming with me to Italy because she's like, by yourself, you can't even braid your hair. You're gonna live by yourself for ten weeks, and I'm like, yes, mom. Me braiding yeah. my hair has no correlation to me being able to. Yeah, and I don't like those mess. That's that's not healthy messaging. No, Michael, I've been hearing it for the last <laughs> month. Like you, you can't do it. You're not capable. You are. You're so naive and gullible. You're gonna get kidnapped. You're gonna blah blah blah. Like I'm like, all right, I'm not letting this like filtrate through my energetic wall because it's like I've been taking on those messages for 28 years and I just like need to separate myself from it because I have so much self-doubt but I'm like Lauren no mm. like you can and you will do this it's not it's not a separate thing right from what we've been talking about self-doubt chosenness it they're interconnected because it then becomes I need someone else other than me yeah. To validate, to affirm, to, you know, to yeah. do for me what I can't do for myself. 100%. Yeah. I know. So that's why I'm even more determined to be like, I know she's coming from what she thinks is a loving place. <laughs> um, it's she's scared, like, you know, but uh -huh. I'm not letting it impact my decision at all. So okay. I'm like, mom, you could have, take your fear and just... Deal with it yourself. Like, don't put that on to me. Because uh, I'm tired of taking that on. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, I'll just say whatever you need, right? Like, if, if you're um, somewhere in the middle of Europe and, and like, <laughs> you know, need a check-in, like, you know, we can figure out the, the, I think it's like seven hours or it's, something. Six or seven, yeah. something like so that. So we could figure, we can figure that out. Um, Thank you for saying that. <laughs> if if you're good and fine and and like, um, unless you want to schedule something, but I would say you know because you don't know what <laughs> life is gonna look like, it might be better for you to just know like as you're going through things. If if um, you feel like I need a check in and I need to just kind of process this. Sure. Um, then we certainly can. Thank you. Um, but otherwise, it's, you know, um, there's no pressure. Then when you get back, you can tell yeah. me all about it. I take a lot of pictures and stuff. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, that sounds good to me. I was going to say, would it be remote? I'm like, uh, uh, yes. no, I would, I would just take Unless a plane. Unless you want to fly me out there. If, if that's in your budget, you can fly me out. I will take you up on that. 